I'm going to continue our series on the book of Ephesians. And today we're going to be reading from chapter 2, verses 11 to 18. 제가 지속적으로 에베소서 시리즈를 하도록 하겠습니다. 오늘 저희들에게 주어진 말씀은 텍스트는 에베소서 2장 11절부터 18절의 말씀입니다. We're going to be reading uh, just from English and I will um, read also in Korean as I expound on the text today. Let us begin from verse 11 to 18. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the divided wall of hostility, by setting aside in His flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Amen. Amen. As we have studied in the earlier portion of chapter 2 of Ephesians, this grace is so powerful that not only does it have an effect upon us so that we may be saved, we are also sanctified by the same grace. We are saved by grace through faith for good works. That's the way I would put it. We are not saved by works. Of course not. But we are saved for works. And this is what we need to really understand. Salvation is totally by the free grace of God. 구원은 오로지 하나님의 은혜로 우리가 체험하는 것입니다. 우리가 그 은혜에 조금이라도 더 추가로 우리의 것을 보탤 수가 없습니다. 순수하게 하나님께서 오로지 하나님께서 우리를 구원해 주신 거예요. 그래서 이것이 하나님의 은혜입니다. 그런데 이 은혜를 우리가 체험하기 위해서는 우리가 믿음을 실천해야 돼요. 믿음을 실천한다는 것은 우리가 거의 다 무슨 노력과 힘을 투자한다는 게 전혀 아니고 믿음은 오로지 통로예요. Open hands. Saying, Lord, I want to receive. That's all faith is. Total trust in God, that He can save you. 그런데 이 믿음을 우리가 실천함으로 하나님의 은혜를 체험하는데, 즉 하나님의 구원을 체험하는데, 이것이 또한 어떠한 결실을 맺게 되느냐, 어떤 결과를 가져다 주느냐, 우리의 선한 삶, 그리고 우리가 더욱더 그리스도를 닮아간 이것을 이제 저희들이 신학적으로 말하자면 성화라고 합니다. 그러므로 저희들이 점점 더 성화되어가며 변화되어가며 아름다운 그리스도의 모습으로 우리가 이루어져 나가게 된다는 것입니다. 이런 면을 보면 하나님이 우리를 다루시는 데 있어서 그 어떤 예술가가 어떤 작품을 만들듯이 우리를 다듬어서 빚어서 우리를 새로 조작해서 만드는 그런 작품 같습니다. So we are the creation or the recreation or the new creation of God. And this is what Apostle Paul pointed out at the earlier portion of chapter 2. Now he says specifically, the alienation that the Gentiles are feeling regarding the Jews. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Let's begin with verse 11 and verse 12. 
Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. 11절과 12절입니다. 그러므로 생각하라, 너희는 그때의 육체로는 이방인이요 손으로 육체에 행한 할례를 받은 무리라 칭하는 자들로부터 할례를 받지 않은 무리라 칭함을 받는 자들이라. 그때 너희는 그리스도 밖에 있었고 이스라엘 나라 밖에 사람이라 약속의 언약들에 대하여는 외인이요 세상에서 소망이 없고 하나님도 없는 자이더니. 그러니까 이 컨텍스트를 여러분이 보시면 이것은 그 유대인들에게 주어진 그 특권에 비해서 이 이방인들이 소외되어 있다. 우리가 알 수가 있습니다. And here what we see in comparison to the, the Jewish privilege that the Gentiles have been alienated from that. And so Apostle Paul takes this as sort of the, the springboard uh, from which he's going to launch his argument about unity. The ultimate blessing that Christ has in store for us, not only for salvation, not only for our individual sanctification, for but for us as a corporate body. And not only for us, but in our relationship to all that God has created. Paul wants to make the point that only in Christ, he can bring the unity, he can bring that integration of all things as God meant things to be. 그럼 어디서부터 시작하는 게 가장 바람직할까요? 이그 당시, 이 신약에, 어, 등장하는 이 교회들의 컨텍스트로 보면 대부분의 그 교인들은 이방인들이었어요. 이방인들이 그리스도를 영접해서 구원받게 되는 거예요. 이방인들이 구원을 받게 되면 뭐 사도들이나 특별히 그 유대인 어, 전도자들은 다니면서 이 소스 자체가 이 구원의 소스가 어디에서부터 시작이 되는가? 이거를 체계적으로 설명을 했으리라고 생각합니다. 즉 구약을 설명하면서 신약에 들어오는 거예요. 그러면 여러분 잘 아시다시피 하나님이 세상을 창조하셨을 때 사람을 만드셨는데 사람이 죄로 말미암아 타락을 했죠. 그런데 하나님께서 이 타락한 인류를 구원하시기 위해서 한 사람을 선택한 거예요. 그한 사람은 바로 아브라함이었어요. 그 아브라함을 통해서 한 민족을 세우신 거예요. 아브라함, 이삭, 야곱을 통해서 야곱의 열두 아들을 통해서 지파를 만들고 국가를 세운 거예요. 이스라엘은 국가를 세운 거예요. 그러면서 주님께서 미리 아브라함에게 말씀하셨습니다. 너의 씨앗을 통해서 내가 온 인류를 축복하리라. 이 말은 뭐냐면 하나님께서 아브라함과 이삭과 야곱과 이스라엘을 축복하는 이유는 이 나라, 이 민족을 편애해서가 아니라 이 민족을 쓰시기 위한 거예요. 하나님이 어느 누구를 축복하시면 그냥 우리가 잘나서, 우리가 예뻐서, 우리만 좋아서가 아니라는 거죠. 그럼 다른 민족들을 차별하는 건 아니겠습니까? God is not one who discriminates. God is not partial in that sense. So what God does is, if He does show favor to one group, or He saves one group, or he saves one particular person, what he wants to do is save them for the sake of using them to save others. His plan is to bless one person or one group so that we as individuals and we as group are instrumental in bringing the blessings of God to others. This has always been the plan of God. As much as I, I believe in Israel and I, I have appreciation for the Jews in general, I'm always amazed by what intelligence, what creativity, what, what aptitude they have for life and survival of li in life. As much as I appreciate the Jews, I realize that Jews are caught up in their own self-oriented view of things 
that they don't realize that they are simply to be the instrument of God to bless others. And they missed miss that long ago. And they missed it 2,000 years ago when the Messiah arrived. And so just think about how the Gentiles were feeling as Apostle Paul mentions all these specific privileges that the Jews had. And you had to be a Jew to truly appreciate this. But the Gentiles would have felt quite alienated. First of all, there's a mention of circumcision. 사도발의 할례에 대해서 할례를 하나 하나의 흔적으로 특별히 유대인 그 남성들에게는 이 할례 자체가 그 하나님이 선택하셨다는 그 백성에게 주어진 흔적 아닙니까? This is the mark. So in comparison to this mark of circumcision, the Gentiles are considered uncircumcised. 유대인들은 할례자들이요, 이방인들은 무할례자들이요. 벌써 거기서부터 구별이 되는 거예요. 유대인이냐 아니면 나머지냐 그게 바로 이방인들인 거예요. 유대인 중심적으로 해석하는 거예요. And this is what Apostle Paul says: You were separate from Christ. Are we not all separated from Christ? But here he specifically talks about Christ in the sense of the Messiah. 우리가 그리스도 하면 이것은 헬라어거든요. 히브리어로는 메시아입니다. 메시아. 메시아는 유대인들이 기다리고 기대했던 이들의 영웅이에요. 이들의 구세주예요. 그렇기 때문에 이 메시아는 유대인 그 계통에서 등장한다는 것을 알고 있었습니다. 너희는 그리스도 즉 메시아 밖에 있었고 유대인이 메시아를 차지했기 때문에 이방인들에게는 메시아가 없는 거예요. 이분들 나름대로 메시아적인 개념이 있죠. 각 나라마다 다 영웅들이 있습니다. 각 나라마다 자기들의 구세주들이 있습니다. 그렇지만 예수 그리스도는 유대 교회에서 등장하신 분이란 말이죠. 유대 교회에서 기독교가 탄생이 된 것이잖아요. 그러니까 벌써 이방인들에게는 그 메시아 밖에서 밖에 이해가 안 되는 거죠. 그리고 excluded from citizenship in Israel. 이스라엘 나라 밖에 사람이라. 여기는 이제 국가적인 개념인데 여러분 잘 아시다시피 그 이스라엘은 신정국가입니다. It is theocracy. There are many forms of government among humanity. There's democracy. There's autocracy. There's all kinds of forms of government, but Specifically in the case of Israel, it was a theocracy. They knew that. That's why they felt that their government, their people, really belong to God. Because the God is ultimately the one who is in control over their nation and over their faith. And so the Gentiles, already they felt excluded from this kind of form of government. Theocracy. And then Apostle Paul says, foreigners to the covenants of the promise. 약속의 언약들에 대하여는 외인이다. 이렇게 말하는 거예요. 다시 한번 자기들에게는 언약도 없어요. 언약은 무엇을 의미하냐? 하나님과 특별한 관계를 의미하는 거죠. 그래서 이스라엘은 우리가 선택받은 백성이다. 이렇게 말하는데 이방인들은 그게 없는 거예요. 야외에 아무 관계가 없었기 때문에. And then finally he says without hope and without God in the world. 세상에서 소망이 없고 하나님도 없는 자이더니 이게 사실일까요? 이방인들이 들었을 때 자기들이 동의할까요? Could the Gentiles agree with this statement? What is ironic is that the Gentiles practically all different nations and ethnicities during that period of time they had all sorts of superstitious notions they had an understanding about the supernatural realms 
They had many, many gods. 이방인들의 특징이 이분들이 상당히 미신적이었고 다신론적인 개념들이 있었는데 수많은 신들을 섬겼는데 어떻게 하나님이 없다고 말할 수 있을까? 세상에 소망이 없다고 말할 수 있을까? 이들은 소망이 없었던 것이 자기들의 신은 자기들이 섬겼던 우상들은 그런 소망을 줄 수가 없는 거예요. 본인들이 지금 이 순간은 복받고 잘 살고 생명을 유지할 수 있고 하지만 죽은 다음에 소망이 없는 거예요. 그리고 그들의 신은 참 하나님이 아니잖아요. 참 하나님 말이에요. 그 유일한 그 하나님. 그 하나님에 대한 개념은 없습니다. 그렇기 때문에 여러분 잘 아시다시피 이방인들은 이 신을 믿다가 이게 만족되지 않는 다른 신을 믿고 더 강력한 어떤 신이 있거나 더 어떠한 또 특별한 어떤 신이 나타나면 그쪽으로 확 가는 거예요. 사도 바울이 지금 유대인들에게 주어진 그 프리빌리지, 그 특권에 대해서 말을 하면서 유대인들은 메시아가 있단 말이에요. 물론 예수 그리스도가 메시아인데 그 메시아를 부정했죠. 부인했죠. But they missed out on the Messiah who arrived in their lives. But they have the Messiah as their inheritance. And they're excluded from citizenship of Israel. They are Christian, which was a privilege to have God ruling. That's a privilege. And the Gentiles did not have that. And they were foreigners to the covenant. They definitely did not have a special covenant that only the Israelites had. Because they had it long ago from the founding of their people group through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the nation Israel, and their king, the archetype king David. And so they were without hope and without God in the world. Only the Jews had hope. Only the Jews believed that they had the true God. And they were waiting for that. The saddest thing about the Jewish history during the time of the early church was that that Messiah actually arrived. Their people were to be revived. The message was given. Life was demonstrated. The power was demonstrated. All of that was done right before their sight. And they were blind to it. They missed out. I don't think God has given up on the people of, of Israel. God is going to come back again and there's going to be a revival of the nation Israel and the ethnic people Israel. I think God wants to give them a second chance. No doubt about that. But they missed the first round. Nonetheless, all of these are the inheritance of the Jews. And Apostle Paul says, what about you, Gentiles? Do you understand this? Do you understand this blessing? You are outside of all that. You are alienated from that. 이러한 어마어마한 축복을 이스라엘을 통해서, 이스라엘 메시아를 통해서 주시기를 원했는데 너희들은 원래 거기서 소외된 자들이다. 이렇게 사도 바울은 말을 합니다. 그 다음에 13절부터 15절을 보시면요. 사도 바울이 이런 말씀을 하십니다. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. 이제는 전에 멀리 있던 너희가 그리스도 예수 안에서 그리스도의 피로 가까워졌느니라. 그는 우리의 화평이신지라. 둘로 하나를 만드사 원수된 것, 곧 중간에 막힌 담을 자기 육체로 하시고 법 조문으로 된 개명의 율법을 폐하셨으니. Now Apostle Paul says, yes, originally there has been such a sense of alienation between the Jews and the Gentiles. And Christ belonged to the Jews. Or rather, the Jews were waiting for this Christ. 
But how are the Gentiles going to enter into this blessing, which only comes from Christ, which the Jews would inherit? And that's why Apostle Paul says in this text, but now, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, but now, you who once were far away have been brought near. 그 유대인들에게 주어진 그 특권, 그 축복, 여기와 얼마나 거리가 먼지 너희들 아니야. 그렇게 멀리 떨어져 있는 너희들이 오로지 그리스도 안에서 그 축복과 그 특권에 가까워졌다는 거예요. 이게 바로 십자가를 의미하는 것 아니겠습니까? 십자가의 희생과 십자가의 공로로 말미암아 불가능한 것이 가능하게 된 거예요. 유대인들의 속에 낄 수가 없어요. 들어올 수가 없는 거예요. 그런데 이방인들이 그리스도로 말미암아 그리스도가 손을 내밀면서 너희들도 이제 하나님의 백성이 된다. 물론 우리가 이스라엘은 어떤 민족적인 정체성으로 말을 안 하죠. 그 후로는 교회라고 하죠. 교회. 그리스도 안에서 교회가 된 것이야. 이것은 새 이스라엘을 의미하는 거예요. 새로운 청명을 의미하는 거예요. It's talking about whole new movement, whole new philosophy established by the Christ, Lord Jesus Christ. 그래서 주님께서는 유대인들만이 아니라 이방인들을 마음껏 초청할 수 있는 거예요. 어느 누구나 예수님 부르실 때그 부르심에 순종하고 나와서 예수님을 영접하면 되는 것이에요. And that is what has been provided by the blood of Christ shed on the cross. He himself is our peace who has made the two groups one. 그러니까 보세요. 메시아는 물론 그 이스라엘에서 등장하신 분이에요. 이스라엘에서 나오신 분이에요. 그렇지만 예수님 중심적으로는 이제 유대인들만이 아니라 이방인들마저 다 자기의 공동체에 속하게 하는 거예요. 즉 그, 그의 교회, 그의 몸에 속하게 하는 거예요. 그리고 예수님의 말로 모든 면에 있어서 화해와 평강을 가져다 주는 분이기 때문에 이제 이두 그룹이 만났으면 그의 몸 안에서 만났으면 그 공동체 안에 들어왔으면 화해를 해야 되는 거예요. 그 전에는 얼마나 적대시하고 유대인들이 이방인들 동물보다 못한 그러한 취급을 했습니다. 그리고 이방인들도 유대인들에 대한 어마어마한 정말 차별하고 멸시하는 그런 말을 했습니다. 그런데 이두 그룹 가운데서 주님께서 이제는 화해를 시키는 거예요. 연합을 시키는 거예요. He has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. 여러분, 이방인들이 그 당시에 유대인이 되려면 유대인으로 개종할 수는 있었거든요. They could have proselytized the, uh, the Gentiles so that they can become Jews. But in order to do that, they had to abide by certain regulations. 유대인의 그 풍습과 유대인의 그 규칙과 유대인의 그 법에 해당이 돼야 돼요. 그런데 어떤 의식적인 법이 있습니다. 의식적인 법은 it's a ceremonial laws that they had to abide. First of all, they had to be circumcised. Men had to be circumcised. Can you imagine how painful that is to have a child being circumcised is one thing, but having a full-grown man experiencing that, that surgery called circumcision. They had to go through that. They had to abide by certain dietary laws and regulations. They had to abide by all the festivals regarding the days and the seasons. They had to abide by Sabbath for sure. Okay. 
And they had to abide by all these regulations. But now Apostle Paul says, through Jesus Christ dying on the cross, you don't have to definitely abide by the ceremonial law. 그건 지나간 거예요. 그 의식법은 지나간 거예요. 남은 것은 윤리적인, 도덕적인 법밖에 없는 거예요. 십계명 예를 자면 가장 핵심적인 윤리적인, 도덕적인 원리잖아요. 그거 자체가 폐해졌다는 것보다 이거 자체로 구원받는 것 자체가 폐해졌다는 것입니다. 예수님께서 오셨을 때 나는 율법을 폐하러 온 것이 아니다. 난 율법을 이루기 위해서 왔다. I have come to fulfill the law. He said, he didn't say, I'm going to get rid of them. And so he made a separate regulation that is, apart from the law, you come to me and receive salvation. Freely, I give to you. It's not because you abided by the laws, not because you have become a, a Jew, not because you have abided by the tradition and the regulations, but aside from that, come and I will give you salvation. And once they enter into their salvation, we start producing good fruit of abiding by the laws. But the law can never become a requirement for salvation. This was what Apostle Paul is saying. The ceremonial laws have passed. Perhaps the laws that have to do with ethics and morality, it may persist. But still, that is not the way you receive salvation. You receive salvation simply by the grace of God and simply by our trust in Him who will save us. And he says that He has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Once then, God, God, 중간에 막힌 담을 하시고 이렇게 나옵니다. 이게 얼마나 중요한 개념인지 모르겠습니다. 원래 그 예루살렘에 있었던 성전도 그 이방인들이 거할 수 있는 곳이 있었습니다. 근데 거기다가 벽을 딱 세워놨어요. 그리고 거기다 간판을 딱 걸어놨어요. 출입 금지. No trespassing by the, the Gentiles into the holy place or the holy of holies. They were left in the outer court. There was another court for women too. And they couldn't enter in. They couldn't come close to the center of relationship with their God. Even though they have proselytized. But through Jesus Christ, this wall has been demolished. 예수님께서 그벽 자체를 무너뜨렸다는 거예요. 어떻게 무너뜨렸어요? 자기 몸으로. 자기 몸이 십자가에 못 박혀서 찢어지면서 그 벽이 헐어진 거예요. 그러면서 그분을 통해서 이제는 유대인이든지 이방인이든지 하나가 되는 거예요. 서로 교통할 수 있는 거예요. 지성소로 들어올 수 있는 거예요. 하나님을 전적으로 섬길 수가 있게 됐습니다. 그런데 그 다음에 더 신기한 말을 합니다. 예수님을 통해서 평화의 메시지가 선포된다. 예수님을 통해서 화해된다. 그럼 민족들끼리 화해되죠. 계층, 계급층에 있는 자들이 화해되죠. 부자와 가난한 사람과 화해가 되죠. 남자와 여자가 젠들 면에 있어서 또 벽이 무너지면서 화해가 되죠. 정치적인 벽이 무너지죠. 우파, 좌파가 그리스도 안에서 화해가 되죠. 그게 가능합니다. 미국의 공화당과 민주당 그리스도 안에서 화해가 될 수가 있어요. 그리스도 안에서 철저한 협조가 될수 있어요. 실제로 미국에 그런 단체들이 있습니다. 같이 기도하면서 이두 당파에 있는 사람들이 와서 우리는 그리스도 중심적으로 이거를 해결하자. 그래서 기도하자. 기도하자. 기도 모임들이 있습니다. 그시대 때는 아젠다나 이런 정치적인 팔레스에 있어서 본인들이 협조하고 그런 그래스 단체들이 있는 거예요. 
아마 이러한 말씀을 본받아서 할지 모르겠습니다. 또한 궁극적으로는 교단들, 교단들이 다 이렇게 수많은 교단들로 갈라져 있는데 화해가 될수 있는 그리스도 안에서. 그런데 더 심각한 얘기를 하는 거예요. 사도 바울이. 15절 B와 16절을 보시면 His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. Thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. 이는 이 둘로 자기 안에서 한세 사람을 지어 화평하게 하시고 또 십자가로 이 둘을 한 몸으로 하나님과 화목하게 하려 하심이라 원수된 것을 십자가로 소멸하시고 His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. He is not interested in just having a lot of different people groups inside gathering together. He's not interested in having all these different parties coming together under his lordship. He's not interested in just having ecumenical movement where everybody's lifting up their own banners. But consolidating for the sake of united force against the enemy. It's more than that. It's so much more than that. He's actually literally thinking about creating a whole new humanity. 새로운 인류를 만드시길 원한단 말이에요. 뭐이 사람 저 사람 다 해서 화해시키고 우리 같이 잘 겟롱하자 이 정도가 아니야 아니야 너희들 정체성을 바로 가지라는 거예요 Have a new sense of identity before you call yourself a Republican or a Democrat You have an identity, you are a Christian You belong to Christ Before you are a Korean or American or whatever nation You may proclaim you, yourself to be You are a Christian, remember that Before fighting for women's right and men's power and redeeming, nowadays they're talking about men's right too because they feel like women are getting so powerful. I mean, you look at our families too. Our, our daughters, our wives are so powerful and so, so strong and 멋져. 나는 멋지다고 생각해요. 근데 그걸 감당할 수 있는 남자들이 많이 없잖아요. 남자들이 꿀리니까 이제 자기들도 What about men's right? 이런 거야. You know, that's important. That's all important, but it is not as important as Christ and as what Christian signifies. All the ideologies we have, philosophies about life, and me in the theological circle, we, we espouse this theology, that theology, all of them are great and perhaps right, could be wrong, but the most sure thing that I know is Christ. If I'm not sure about theological differences, I say, how much do you love Christ? How much are you willing to submit to Him and throw everything in the pot in Christ? Then I think I may be able to communicate with that person even though I may have a certain type of theological differences or ideological differences. It doesn't matter because in Christ, we can work things out. 저는 최근에 그걸 많이 느껴요. 우리 세라가 이제 하나님의 은혜를 많이 체험하면서 본인이 막 온갖 것을 실험해보고 싶은 거예요. 이렇게 돼보고 저렇게 돼보고 신학적으로 다 따지는 거예요. 아빠는 칼빈주의, 개혁주의, 정통주의 어떤 신학인데 자기는 what about this? what about that? 하는 거예요. 그래서 한몇주 정도는 좀 많이 부닥쳤죠. 막 나는 그냥 얘가 잘못 나갈까 봐. 그래서 한몇주 있다가는 또 다시 돌아오는 거예요. 다시. 나중에는 우리가 컨버세이션이 있어서 이러면 안 되겠다. 우리가 서로 간에 푸시 푸시 버튼 하면서 막 그냥 하니까 터져버리는 거예요. 나도 푸시 버튼 하면 난 이단설 이거 못 봐주거든요. You know, I'm very picky about theological orthodoxy. What the church fathers and what the reformers and what great theologians have thought through and, and have come up with when people trash that as though there is nothing else. That is not important. I just can't buy that. So I have something about that kind of theological understanding. And sometimes spirituality. I have an understanding about spirituality. You know, a good Christian should do this and do that. 
But what I'm realizing is more important than any kind of style or tradition or certain ways that I or Sarah may espouse. The important thing is we're Christians. And if we focus on Jesus Christ and we talk, Christ-centered, boy, we have a great time. Even this week, I've been spending practically every day talking with Sarah an hour or two. We, have, we still have differences. And, you know, she's a young woman who's going to try her own way. And uh, she's going to irritate me a lot all throughout coming years. I know that. But I have to remember, hey, Sarah, you love Jesus, don't you? I love Jesus, too. It's got to be Jesus Centered. Our com communication has to be Christ-centered. Our communication has to be Christ and being Christian. Let's start here. And let's not fight over this issue and that to a point that I may become hostile to you and you might become hostile to me. Let's not do that. Let's go back to what it means to be a Christian. Because Christ has created a whole new humanity. That humanity, we may call it the body of Christ, I like to call it simply Christian. That entity is Christian. It is a Christian. That's the most important thing. But too many of us, we like to carry titles or membership cards. We like to belong to this. We like, we like to belong to that. I am this or I am that. In the olden days, I used to you know, take a lot of pride in, in the fact that I was charismatic. So when somebody introduced me, Daniel Kim is a charismatic minister, you know. That means I do signs and wonders. I believe in healings and miracles. And, and I believe in just open-ended ways of God working in this world that he can penetrate. And, what, you know. and so I said, charismatic. I was a Presbyterian minister, so I had a, a sort of a spiritual pride that being Presbyterian is the best way of doing church government. You know, plurality of leadership, but not quite like, you know, you know, like a chaotic democracy. But it's like responsible people who are voted into their position and doing the work. Kind of like the American government, kind of like the republic. So I had that kind of notion. But it's been quite some time now. That doesn't impress me one bit. So when people ask me, what are you? I say, I'm a Christian. Can you just call me a Christian? Even regarding titles, I wish that people would not so much try to figure out what title that they should attribute to me. Moksanim, Kyosunim, director of so can you just call me a Christian? That will set us free if we can really operate that way. But as you know, the society, especially in the Korean society, they don't leave you alone. 다 뭔가 붙여야 돼요. 다 뭔가 나누어야 돼요. 저도 심지어 우리 학생들 대할 때 이제 처음에 첫 수업 시간 때 항상 돌아가면서 이제 인사를 하라 그러는 꼭 나도 알아야 돼요. 아, 그 집사님이세요? 권사님이세요? 목사님이세요? 사모님이세요? I have to know. The society forces us to divide. Once you put the title, then I have to treat 사모님 differently from 나는 그냥 평신도예요. 그냥 자매님이라고 불러주세요. 그 사람 벌써 달라 보는 눈이. You see what I'm saying? We do that. We impose that upon people. And we have all sorts of ways of creating wars, 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 dividing people. And I must confess, when I was arguing with Sarah, I realized a few things. I was trying to impose my, you know, leverage. Like, I have some degrees from seminary, you know. I've written some very significant thesis. I'm working on a book that's going to Explain all that to you if you read it. And I try to use that leverage on her, and it doesn't work. Because for Sarah, she believes that through Christ, all these things can be levered. Maybe a little too much like a maverick. And I'm afraid about that. But anyway, I guess what I'm saying is more important than any of these issues that we we stand for, we are willing to put our lives on the line for. The most important thing is that we are one in Christ. 
And there's only one priority that we should establish in Christ. That is becoming Christian. Figure out what does it mean to be a Christian. Not being a political left wing or right wing or, you know, having some middle class theology or, you know, espousing the poor or espousing the aristocrats. It doesn't matter. All of them are included in Christ. Christ is not only for the poor. He's for those aristocrats. He's not only for the fishermen, he's for the Pharisees as well. If they would open themselves up to Christ. And there were Pharisees who opened themselves up to Christ during that time. And Jesus would not operate according to the party line, for sure. He would never, ever confess that he's a Republican or Democrat or whatever. He would rather challenge all of us to lay that down. And say, are you for me? Are you for being Christian? And I think we need to reset ourselves, focusing on Christ and operating as Christian, embracing the Christian identity as the most dear, and then with that, see how we can relate to the rest of the situations in this world. Let us look at verses 17 and 18. And this is the final uh, two verses. I think it basically wraps up everything that I wanted to say in this message. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Jesus, he came, he proclaimed, He manifested the fact that he came as a reconciler, as a peacemaker. He brought those who are far away, the Gentiles, those who are very near, the Jews. And through him, we have access to the Father. So he made all this connection. Through him, we find all these connections. And that's why I like to embrace John Calvin's great theology of great Jesus Christ, the mediator. Jesus' primary role was to be a mediator. And he mediated between God and humanity by becoming. Himself being God, becoming a human being. So in his very person, he had the two natures. And so he could certainly unite the Father and the humanity. He can reconcile these two. And through his body, that he can bring all people of all different backgrounds and all categories, bring them together, join them together. I I almost see Jesus as kind of like a person who would just uh, introduce everybody else and get them all connected to each other, including God. Jesus wasn't doing this on a sociological realm. He was doing it in a transcendental realm too getting the people and getting them reconciled with God. And he was always mediating, mediating. And one more thing, he's trying to get us to be connected to the rest of the environment, to nature, and the universe. I know that is beyond our belief. That's why I'm saying we have to start working at our own neighborhood, in our own family, with just a few people around us. But that's not the end of our life. Because when we go to heaven, we're going to really understand what koinonia is, what true fellowship is, what communion is, what the body of Christ is, and what Jesus wanted to reconcile. He wanted to reconcile us to everything that he had created already. But we are not reconciled to nature. We're not reconciled to environment. We're definitely not reconciled to the planet Earth, and we're not reconciled to the universe. We, we don't even think about it. We never even ever lift up prayers that's related to that. So Jesus is the ultimate mediator. He's the one who came to mediate between God and humanity. He came to mediate between humans and humans. People groups and people groups. All different factions And bringing down all that is a barrier. Jesus came to unite us all. 
He came to unite humans with his nature, with, with the surroundings. So the human beings are not some isolated being in the cubicle, uh, just on the, you know, hooked up to the internet and having access to that. As much as I appreciate the technology, that's not what Jesus is about. Jesus wants us to come out of our cubicle. 우리가 테크놀로지와 또 특별히 인터넷을 통해서 우리가 다 연결이 되죠. 그렇지만 여러분도 아시는지 모르지만 이건 아직도 가상현실이고 이 가상현실적인 테크놀로지가 점점 더 발달되면 발달될수록 더 무서운 리얼리티를 우리가 접근하게 됩니다. 그게 뭐냐면 이거는 정말 가상현실이고 참된 현실이 아닌데 이것이 진짜인 줄 알고 있단 말이에요. 그럼 마귀는 이걸 가지고 우리를 완전히 미혹해서 참된 것을 제껴버리고 가짜 가상적인 것을 리얼리티로 삼게 하는 거예요. 지금은 우리가 다 이렇게 흩어져서 예배를 드리고 당연히 이렇게 돼야 되고 하나님께서 이걸 통해서 우리에게 많이 교훈을 시키지만 언젠가는 우리가 같이 모여야 되잖아. 근데 아 그냥 흩어져서 우리가 그냥 화면으로 하자 하면 아직도 우리가 이걸 교회라고 부를 수 있을까? 저는 그러한 의문이 있습니다. 많은 목사들이나 많은 주님의 종들이 이것을 통해서 테크놀로지 통해서 하는 것이 이건 참된 것이 아니다. 참된 것은 우리가 피부로 느껴야 되는 거야. 혼과 혼이 연결이 돼야 되는 거야. 벽이란 벽, 테크놀로지컬 벽 자체도 가상 현실 지정인 그 시얼드 자체도 없어야 돼요. 그리고 우리가 정말 관계적으로 Relationally, personally, 접근해야 되는 거지. Because Jesus wants to unite us. He wants to link us. And he'll continue to do that to see whether we really are serious about, through Christ, meeting another person and really acknowledging that person as someone who is important and significant enough that I do want to enter into their life, them, allowing them to enter into my life. And I think we got a lot of homeworks to do. And I know this sounds like a mega vision about unity. I don't mean to. For how many decades I've been working primarily in relationship with my wife and just a few people who are around me, my children, my family members, and I've been working on that personally. And my suggestion to you is take these principles, start working them out here on earth in my closest surrounding. And as I mentioned over and over today in this message, it is not about you belonging to this, you having favored this, you espousing this position, that's not the issue. That causes us to have tension constantly. It's realizing what it means to be Christian, that we are one in Christ. That is, if Christ is the center of our lives, then there must be a way that we can work things out. And we have to work towards that. You cannot say as a Christian, I've been uh, in my family dynamic, I've been in my small group dynamic, I've been in my church dynamic. And we're constantly having tension over that. And judging people, criticizing others over that. We can't do that. We got to work on this and break down the barriers and really get centered in Christ. I have my work cut out with my family members too. Especially Sarah, because she's bringing tons of stuff always. Like uh, She really knows how to push my buttons sometimes. And it's more difficult now that she's a born-again Christian on fire for God. And like she brings back memories of those dangerous zones that I personally entered into. It came out and survived. Now she's saying, Dad, what about this and what about that? What about it? But I have to know how to communicate with my daughter. And you have to know how to communicate with your family members. You got to know how to communicate with the people around you, centered on Christ. If not, we'll be engaged in all kinds of arguments and debates and factions over so much petty issues. Yes, petty. You might say, oh, how, how can you, this political, petty, compared to in Christ. 
compared to centrality of Christ is petty. And there are times uh, long ago I fought for this and argued for this and I believed in this. But now I think I believe in Christ more. And I'm trying to figure out how, how does that play out in a situation like this where people are fighting and arguing and, and bickering over this issue and that. What does that mean? So let us read the, the text for today one more time as though we are declaring it, proclaiming it. Uh, and you begin to be in touch with the strength of these words, the power that is embedded in these words. Beginning with verse 11. Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with his commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. 그러므로 생각하라 너희는 그때의 육체로는 이방인이요 손으로 육체에 향한 할례를 받은 무리라 칭하는 자들로부터 할례를 받지 않은 무리라 칭함을 받는 자들이나 이 그때의 너희는 그리스도밖에 있었고 이스라엘 나라밖에 사람이라 약속의 언약들에 대하여는 외인이요 세상에서 소망이 없고 하나님도 없는 자이더니 이제는 전에 멀리 있던 너희가 그리스도 예수 안에서 그리스도의 피로 가까워졌느니라 그는 우리의 화평이신지라 둘로 하나를 만드사 원수된 것곧 중간에 막힌 담을 자기 육체로 하시고 법조문으로 된 계명의 율법을 패하셨으니 이는 이 둘로 자기 안에서 새 한세 사람을 지어 화평하게 하시고 또 십자가로 이 둘을 한 몸으로 하나님과 화목하게 하려 하심이라 원수된 것을 십자가로 소멸하시고 또 오셔서 먼데 있는 너희에게 평안을 전하시고 가까운데 있는 자들에게 평안을 전하셨으니 이는 그로 말미암아 우리 둘이 한 성령 안에서 아버지께 나아감을 얻게 하려 하심이라 아멘 기도하겠습니다.